Mmm, that's good. Welcome to Digital Coffee, where I give you everything you know what's going on in the tech news, what's important to you, and maybe a little bit to your life, because it can affect your life. I mean, it happens. I mean, the Yahoo hacks weren't the best thing in the world. But anyways, I'm your host, Brett Dicer, so let's get on with it. Alright, and I'm going to talk about the election a little bit. I, I really didn't want to, but there's just some stuff going on, so it's kind of like a little bit of a mandatory. So there's apparently a Twitter bot that scans deplorables uh, at Trump rally looking for signs of intelligent life because apparently, and here's the problem with this election, Silicon Valley and more of the tech community is usually not in favor of Trump. Now, I, I'm not in favor of any one of them. They're both terrible. I will say that time and time again. They're awful. I don't know how we got into this uh, election or debate and are having the two worst candidates in the world debate each other on who's not as bad. That's really how it is. However, this bot apparently scans for intelligent life because, well, they think that no intelligent person will vote for Trump. And this is my problem with a lot of mindsets right now. You cannot base your prejudices on people thinking that because they don't believe or agree with you, they are not intelligent. That is completely, that doesn't, that defies logic. You cannot say that since this person doesn't agree with me, they're not smart because they could actually be smarter than you. And I try to steer clear from that because that's just a really... That's just a minefield of stupidity. Uh, so if you're in that camp, I would really just, this would be my honest advice, look at the other side and see if they actually are intelligent. Actually talk to them. Don't just blindly follow whatever the news is telling you because 90% of the time they're just lying to you for clicks. That's all they're really doing. They're a business. They're looking for clicks. That's it. But yes, this bot scans for intelligent life, so I guess it should scan Hillary supporters too because I don't know. I think there's I think there's just a desert in there as well. Dude, they're gonna make fun of one side. I'm gonna start making I'm I make fun of the other side because seriously, it's a little ridiculous sometimes. But yes, if you want to look into it, well, just Google it because I refuse to I refuse to be in that type of camp. I don't want to play those stupid games. Anyways, moving on. Uh, okay, so Cognovi Labs was going to be studying the, uh, the presidential base tonight, uh, basically looking for emotional sentiment and seeing who's actually going to win the debate. Now, they did this before with Brexit, and they actually predicted that they were going to leave a few hours before the official votes came out, and they were right. So it could be interesting to see uh, analytic data or emotional data being used in this type of debate. It will... Let people, it'll, it'll basically say who was the winner and who was the loser in the debate. Now, whether you believe it or not, that's your own thing. I, I that that's your that's your own uh, willingness to believe it or not. But it should be interesting to see how it will actually predict if it will actually do a good job or if it actually won't. But they're saying it actually will do a good job uh, right now with the Twitter emotions. Uh, anger is kind of equal between both of the candidates. Fear is uh, a little bit more on the Hillary side, which is weird. 
Uh, sadness is um, a little bit more on the Trump side. Disgust is favoring Hillary. <laughs> joy is well favoring Hillary. So disgust, joy, and sadness. Oh boy. Uh, surprise is on the Trump side. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does do that sometimes. <laughs> Surprises you with, did you really think about that? Anyways, it should be interesting to see uh, how it will play out and if they can actually accurately debate it. Now, it's just interesting because all this tech is coming out and if it will be accurate in, in basically forecasting different types of outcomes that could help, you know, maybe stop a war, uh, help us stop making a terrible mistake by electing any one of these two in the first place, and so on and so forth. But yes, they're, they're, they are analyzing it, which I'm in favor of doing that. I love research. I love analyzing that stuff. That's awesome. This whole election thing, I'm not in favor of anymore. I think it's stupid. I think both sides have their pros and their cons, and one side and both sides, excuse me, both sides just cannot figure out to, you know, listen to each other instead of, you know, using hotbed terms like racist and homophobia and xenophobia and all those other things. Usually when I, this is my own personal opinion, but usually when I hear those words, I know no, they don't know what they're talking about. Automatically, I know they're not, they don't know what they're talking about because they haven't really done their research. They just listen to somebody else spew it. And they spew it back. It's just a regurgitation of information. And it's not actually, you know, finding out for yourself. But that's how I view it. I'm a third party. I'm all third party. So if you want to get mad at me, that's fair. I mean, that's your opinion. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Plex is teaming up with Amazon to launch a cloud-based version of its media server. Yes, on the desktop version of Plex, which is a very popular way to watch your videos... Uh, they have a media server. Now it's going to be more on the cloud called the Plex Cloud uh, that allows you to, you know, upload your upload your store, your media and you can play it through there. Now here's the thing. You're going to have to buy the Plex subscription and Amazon Drive subscription. So it's not going to be cheap if you want to go that way. And there's a few other things that it's not, it's not there yet on the Plex media server that hasn't done over to the client, uh, the cloud's client side of it yet. Uh, one is camera upload, DVR, and offline sync. You do not have that quite yet, so you may want to steer clear from it. Uh, but it is interesting. Like I said before, you're going to have to buy an Amazon Drive subscription, which is $60 per year, and a Plex Pass, which is either $5 a month or $40 per year. So yearly, you're going to look at spending about $100 uh, per year, unless you want to buy the lifetime subscription, which is $150 one flat fee, so you might want to look into that. Pay, oh, a little over $200, and you'll only have to pay $60 after that per year, if that's what you want to do. But, it, I mean, it's up to you. Now, if uh, you're thinking that you're, this is going to help, you know, with your illegal downloads, I would not really, I would hold off on that, because you never really know with Amazon, they could just, you know, Ratch you out because it is their cloud storage devices. So be careful about that. I would keep them on the offline. Uh, use the Plex offline more, uh, just for your desktop storage instead of uh, that. And then your actual non-illegal videos uploaded that on Amazon Drive, because at least you're safe with that and you know that you're safe with that. So, 
Uh, be on the lookout for that, and you know, just be safe about what you're doing. Be smart about it as well. But I mean, it looks interesting. It looks like a great thing. Plex is a great app for Windows 10. It's, it's just a really good program all around for uh, viewing videos, especially ones you have on your computer. So why not do it if you have the money to burn? Burn, burn it alive! Ah! Anyways, moving on. Okay, it looks like there's some more uh, leaked uh, announcements from the. Google event for next week. Now there is a an October 4th event f that will be releasing the supposedly Pixel phones. We don't really know yet if it's actually going to be called Pixel, but it looks like it's going to be called Pixel. I'm not in favor of that, but that's not my decision. That was Google's decision. Anyways, it also looks like there's going to be a Chromecast Ultra, which will be able to stream 4K resolution. Now. The supposed rumor that says it's really not going to be cheap, which is another eh, not very good thing. So it will cost you $69 and be sold along the existing Chromecast, which is $35. So if you already have the Chromecast, you don't have to worry about it. But if you want to get the Chromecast Ultra, it's going to cost you another $69, which is, which is not cheap anymore. The Chromecast was great because it was an inexpensive way of streaming things through your phone. Now this is kind of getting into the not so cheap anymore. Um, the thing is, is that the Roku's new streaming, uh, which launched with the 4K models, it starts at $80, which includes the remotes and lets you browse without pulling out your phone. Uh, so there is a difference. It kind of gives you a little bit more. It seems like they're not giving you as much in the Ultra, except for ooh, 4K. But we don't really know more about that quite yet until the October 4th event. Which should be interesting to see because, well, that's what that's what school events was going to be like. Hopefully, the phones are going to be great as well. We don't really know for sure what the specs are, and a slew of other things as well as the Google Assistant for your home uh, could be have an update as well. So just check back on that. But yes, it should be an interesting October fourth. Very. All right, moving on. Google is uh, looks like it's going to be making an an Android type um, Surface Book in a way that's going to be kind of um, you know bridging the gap between the Pixel phones and uh, Chrome OS because Chrome OS is kind of changing and morphing, but this one is going to be more banked with uh, Android instead of a Chrome OS. It's going to kind of mix them in. But it's going to be more of a surface type of device, uh, which should be interesting. Uh, but the Andromedia, uh, which will be bringing, like I said, Android apps into Chrome OS. In fact, it's its own separate thing, and it looks like it's going to be taking on and be more of a work type um, laptop tablet hybrid, kind of like the Surface, like I said before. The thing is, is that this won't be out until the third quarter of 2017. So you're going to be looking to wait for a little while. But the current rumor of specs is either the Intel M3 or the i5 core processor with 32 or 128 gigs of storage and 8 or 16 gigs of RAM. Uh, and all this will fit in a device under 10 millimeters thick, which is pretty thin, actually. It's really thin. For It's a nice, good size. Uh, if you think about it, the original Surface was quite thick and quite bulky. This one is... Not so much, uh, but this is all in the line of other families as well. 
Um, the thing about the Chrome OS, it was great for the web and stuff, but I mean, the, the downside was you had to be on the web to really use it. When it first came out, it was just the Chrome uh, web browser. There really was no desktop on it. I know because I actually beta tested it uh, before it came to market, and it was very lightweight. It was that was that was the great thing about it. It was extremely lightweight, um, and it was only the Chrome uh, browser that was the operating system. There was nothing to it. They eventually morphed it and changed it into a more robust and actual looking uh, operating system, but is now changing evolving to add Android apps into it, which is another great utility because I mean they should have they should have thought about bridging it a while ago, but at least they're slowly doing it piece by piece. I mean it's taking a long time. But this is just uh, one of three different ways of doing it. Um, and the Andro Media is one of them and then the I'm gonna totally botch this but the Fuchia uh, OS, which will be focused on uh, Internet of Things devices, will be that as well. And the rumored Bison, which will be the nickname for the Pixel 3, which will be more closer to the Surface Books. Uh, but that's how that's where it's going. Uh, Google does kind of need to compete with Microsoft in those realms because most people don't find Android very uh, work friendly or dub it as more of a work type of phone or operating system so this will help it if it's if it can if they can do it right uh the second pixel especially the pixel tablet really didn't uh lure people into it because it was supposed to be the work laptop but it didn't really function as well 7.0 should help that out quite a bit though now moving on here's um something <laughs> Quite interesting. So apparently there's a sperm delivery service by mail, and there's an app too. Now this is in the UK, uh, because, well, why not? And it looks like you can order a daddy, or a sperm, and uh, you can look at different donors, see how one states is pleasant, charming, easy to get along with. This donor was a cheerful, intellectual, teeming with positivity. Uh, you know, he is well-mannered, well-spoken, and very very likable individual and it ranges from anything from lawyers to financiers to creatives and nearly everything in between so if you're looking for the daddy without the actual daddy and just wanting his sperm uh this could be the go-to for it um i'm still surprised guys are actually doing this to be honest with you i i would never do something like this because it, it's just weird it's, it's just giving it away and not really knowing what you're actually making Oh, I just, but yes, you can order it uh, if you really are looking for having a kid without the daddy. This is the way to go. I would strongly recommend you have a strong male figure in your life to help you guide through that and help to guide your child as well. Because having a balance of both sexes does help. And yes, there's only two sexes. If you argue with me with that, you're still wrong. Anyways, moving on. There's actually an interesting webcam filter that turns it into the matrix. That's right. Uh, it kind of, you know, lets you turn it on and it makes and it basically generates a cool uh, GIF like uh, video for it. And it kind of does this like wavy thing. It can, it's a little weird. Um, and once it's done, it kind of makes you look like a flat type of 
person, which is a little interesting. Um, but it makes you wave, but you're very flat. You're not in the 3D space when it's recording like it is. Um, but uh, like it's, it, it looks very interesting. The problem is, is that I would not use it with uh, your phone because your mobile device may not be able to handle it. I would either stick to desktop or laptop if your laptop can handle it uh, because it does have some um, does 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 take up a lot of system resources so be cautious of that make sure if you are going to use your phone your phone can actually handle it uh, because it's another thing there's a github repository for this for the details if you want to try it out or not but it does look really cool and really interesting uh, especially when they turn everybody into either uh, to like um, kind of not um, two-dimensional beings uh, that kind of sway a little bit, which is you know, a little weird, uh, but it looks like it's flickering on and off, like you're not in a 3D dimension, you're in a 2D dimension, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is. All right, moving on, once again, I'll be talking about the Yahoo breach because it is important. If you didn't know, last week Yahoo announced that 500 million accounts were breached. That includes phone numbers, emails, backup emails, uh, date of birth, and passwords. So basically everything that should have been protected in private was stolen and successfully stolen. The problem is, is that it seems to be that... This happened two years ago, by the way. It seems to be that uh, Yahoo CEO, person there didn't know about it and refused to tell anybody about it after the sale of Verizon. Now, if this happens, this is a little sketchy and should be, and basically she should be prosecuted, plus Yahoo should be prosecuted for not uh, for not letting users know quickly about this, because this was two years ago. Users should have known about this way long ago. Now, all of a sudden, after the sale to Verizon, you decide, oh, by the way, over a half billion accounts were breached. So, change your password. S seriously, come on. Like you, you cannot do that. I don't care who you are. You cannot do that. Especially when it's something about data or just password logins, date of birth, and phone number. You cannot, and I repeat, cannot do that. That is completely unethical like hands down unethical I don't care if you're male or female unethical on any way you any stretch of the imagination it is unethical and they should have notified them within with at least within a week or when they first knew the full extent of the damage they didn't and that was the problem with it is that they kept it under wraps for two years two years I know they knew about it probably a lot sooner prior to the two years, but they didn't announce it. And there was rumors about it, and there was rumors that the CEO, Marissa Mayer, did know something about this. That is unacceptable. I don't, I don't, once again, I don't care who you are. You need to inform your users. This is a black eye in Yahoo, and seriously, I'm now just happy that they're gone as a separate company because they they are just it just leaves me speechless sometimes when I see this stuff like no due diligence on security 
terrible security, terrible protocols to inform your users about it. Now you have a PR nightmare. Now Verizon has to deal with a PR nightmare because they now own the company, supposedly. But yes, now a senator is calling for the SEC investigation, and that should happen. There should be an investigation into this. There should actually be lawsuits into this as well because this was negligence. They neglected to tell anybody about this, and they left it under wraps for a while. Should not happen ever. As a PR professional, that is the worst strategy I've ever seen. Like This is basically saying, please, let this be a crisis for us. Worst strategy I've ever seen. Hands down. Or one of the worst, I should say. Alright, now going into who's going to buy Twitter. Ooh. So, Twitter is officially putting it up, up for sale. It's probably not a bad idea because it's just having a lot of problems with it. There is a lot of suitors. There is Google, Verizon, Facebook, Salesforce, and interestingly enough, Disney is now in the running for it as well. Um, my personal opinion is I don't want Facebook to have it, obviously. And I do not, and I think, I don't want Disney to have it at all. I, don't, I could care less about Disney, but I really just don't want them to have it. Salesforce is a little weird. Uh, oh, Microsoft's in the mix. They could have it, but eh, they already have LinkedIn. I don't really want them to have Twitter. I think, and I agree with a lot of people, is that Google seems to be the best spot for Twitter. It seems like the best fit. Plus, with Google not really knowing and understanding how to do social media well, this could actually give them a leg up on that as well. So they they have YouTube, they have Google Plus, but I I seriously think they're going to do absolutely nothing with that. They're going they're just going to leave it. They're just going to let it slowly die, I think, or just let it go for a while and eventually pull the plug on it. Uh, and mark my words, they aren't going to pull that plug because they have been just taking things away from it. Uh, but with Twitter, they can actually implement it quite well into YouTube. Plus, with their other properties like Periscope and Vine, uh, they can kind of implement some interesting things with um, YouTube to, you know, create six-second um, intros to it or six-second uh, ad rolls for it. Also, with Periscope, launch it in with uh, YouTube Gaming and uh, the YouTube Live they're trying to create. Uh, and this will just help spur it on a lot quicker so they don't have to worry about that. Plus, with the close integration with Periscope and with the deals from NFL and everything, it just seems like a really great fit. Plus, with all the data that Twitter has collected, this will help with um, the Google Assistant that they're trying to build to be a lot better, uh, accurately just find out what users actually care about, and to be the, just the heartbeat of what goes on in the lightning quick fast world that we live in with presidential debates and all that it just seems like a really great tight integration with google would help it quite a bit with disney it is a yes and no with me disney it it seems a little weird but it also seems like a good idea with espn and its tv uh abc as well it seems like it could be a good fit but i mean that's that's kind of stretching. It's stretching quite a bit. It seems like a good fit, and it also seems like not a good fit. I I don't really think Disney should be involved with that, especially since uh, Twitter has not been doing well, and that is bringing Twitter, which is brand has been hurt, into Disney. I mean, the culture could fit a lot better, but 
I just don't think it would work very well uh, because Disneyfying it would not that would make me run away so quickly uh, but it could happen Salesforce seems like a really odd choice for Salesforce as well I know they've been trying to get into social media with uh, trying to buy LinkedIn but that didn't actually ever worked uh, so you have that as well but like I said the only road I see that actually really does make the most sense out of all this is Google actually buying it now it's not gonna be cheap it's gonna be about maybe around 30 billion dollars but if they really want to get a serious contender in social media, this is the best way. Plus, with the close integration with um, YouTube and just making that more of the community hub would be a really great, be a really great option for both of them. Win for both of them. Totally. All right. So you know Meerkat, or if you didn't know Meerkat, it was one of the first live streaming apps that hit South by Southwest last year. Uh, rose popularity really quickly and Twitter was like nope and decided to not allow Meerkat to be posted on its Twitter because they bought Periscope and they're trying to make Periscope the de facto way of live streaming. So eventually Meerkat was like you know what this isn't working we need to find another way of doing it. So instead uh, they made a new app called House Party that allows you to drop in drop out of group chats uh, for, for just group video chats which is the new popular thing to do anyways is uh, video chats. I don't know why they're doing this one but they are doing this one. They hired uh, an ex Twitter engineer to help along with that as well. Um, right now it's not doing so bad. It's not doing terribly on app downloads. It's got about 1500 uh, iPhone apps or downloads for that one so it's ranked 1500 which is okay. Um, it does have a few road bumps and speed bumps, and that's why it's actually, you know, hiring engineers. The other thing is, is that they got rid of a whole, basically the division in Tel Aviv or Israel, and they're moving it all to San Francisco. So they're now down to about 20 employees instead. And video group chats or group video chats is just an interesting... It's an interesting pick for a company that was all about live streaming, but hey, if that's what they are, more more power to them. I was hoping they were going to do more of a hub for live streaming in general and not just go completely in a different direction, but they completely pivoted to this direction. Now, it looks like it's only on the iOS store right now, so Android users, you're out of luck again, unfortunately, but that's the nature of Android. We don't get everything. Just gotta deal with it. Love Android still, love it to death. Uh, my next phone is still gonna be an Android, just like the one I have now. It's slowly puttering along. Uh, but yeah, that's what it is. It's it's really interesting that they went this way. Now, I wanna talk about the Snapchat spectacles. That's right, Snapchat decided to create, well, almost like it's Google Glass, but in a little bit different way. I don't really like the design of the glasses. I think they're a little cheesy for me. However, it doesn't mean I don't see the opportunity that it has for it. Snapchat needs to have something else because Facebook keeps on encroaching on its um, on its own services. And even though it's kind of a smart move for Facebook, I don't like it. I think that them cop straight up copying and lifting up features is just really just lazy. Like lazy. Like can you not think of a better? idea but this is how snapchat's going to do it so you can 
record without you know taking out your phone. You can just record because there's two cameras on either side of the glasses, and um, it looks like it could it could work. I'm not saying it can't. It could work, but it could also utterly fail because of the same effect that Google Glass has. People don't like to be recorded like that. And that's going to make people feel uncomfortable. And that's the, that's the hurdle they're going to have to try to find to get around. Now, it's about $130 for these, so it's way cheaper than Google Glass. But Google Glass also had a lot more functionality beyond just taking snaps, taking video of it. Uh, so you have that option as well. Uh, but it could work for the younger generation. You have the younger generation, but just dropping $130 for those glasses is quite an expensive uh, piece of tech especially for it only really you know doing snapchat specifically only snapchat now like i said the benefit of snapchat is that it has a younger audience so i'll have a little bit more disposable income and i can foresee a lot of them actually buying it so the question is uh you know personal privacy and laws especially in state by state of how that's going to be handled as well because if you're recording to somebody without their knowledge, that's another um, legal quandary that you could be in involved with it. But like I said, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting feature, and just, it's just another way for Snapchat to become more ambiguous and more popular than it already is. And it's actually quite popular right now. So, cruise them to try to uh, pivot a little bit, but at least. Um, broaden the horizons and make sure they're more ambiguous than Facebook is because Facebook has Oculus which is more VR that's about it which now I want to turn to and I probably should talk about this more in debate is Oculus now over the weekend it was reported that uh, the CEO Palmer um, he donated to an alternative right group that does trash talking bad posting ish posting I'm trying to keep this clean so I'm trying to find the words for it but it riled up a few people so much so that some developers are doing this crusade on twitter saying we won't we won't write for oculus until they get rid of palmer because uh he he's not allowed to you know use his own money to do what he wants with it his own money so my problem is is that People are so on this crusade. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. If it's not the right opinion, you're wrong. Which is highly unintelligent, highly closed-minded, and completely just not open to actually hear people out. The problem I have with this is that they also don't take into account the other people working at Oculus Rift. There's more people than just him working at it. If it was a one-man unit and they said we just don't like him so we're going to have a crusade... Fine, whatever. But you also have to take into account the people that you're also going to be hurting by doing this as well. That you want to penalize one person out of the whole company to make a point. Which I'm like, oh, so you're going to you're gonna basically saying, well, if it fails, we'll, we'll at least have him out. But we're also going to be affecting however many employees, Oculus um, employees as well. Uh, so it just seems like a weird thing that they don't, that some people just don't actually think this through to the fullest extent and just go, oh, we're going after this one guy and only this one guy. But then you go, well, what about the other employees? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just one, this one guy. And I'm like, but if 
you are penalizing the company, you're hurting more than just him. Like, yes, I get it, he's a CEO, but there's more people that work there. So, I d- disagree or agree, it doesn't really matter, but saying that this is not about politics, but really focusing on the politics, is it's all political. I don't care what you think about it. I don't, it, because we're standing up against racism. No, you're really not. You're just grandstanding against racism. That's all you're doing. It's grandstanding. You're not standing up for anything because you're not there looking at what the company does, seeing if there's any racism there. You're grandstanding. That's it. Because you're posting on social media and that's all you're doing on social media is posting about it. You're grandstanding. It has nothing to do with standing against something. You are not risking anything except for maybe some ridicule, which is fair enough because you can say stuff and people can say stuff, especially in America. It's your right to free speech. But if you are not actively standing up against racism as a whole from the other company that you maybe work with, then maybe there's some issues there just because you found out that one one CEO does it. And he's come out and said that he actually doesn't do it, but then the New York Post that posted it said, no, actually, we have this. So it's a he said, she said thing in a way, um, and I can't figure out which one's right or which one's not right. But I don't like grandstanding. I think it's really dumb. And I think you're painting yourself a target that you don't want to paint. And there's been the, the tweets that I've seen have been both back and forth of, well, I guess I'm just not going to, you know, get, uh, you know, buy any of your products because of this. That's perfectly within their right as well. Um, I'm not... I'm just trying to be the person giving you the news and not trying... Hopefully not uh, persuading you so much in my direction, but just, you know, persuading you to think. To think about it. To research, analyze. Be good techies. And don't be the Silicon Valley that seems to be all for the left for some other reason. Be in the middle. And question everything. Alright, moving on to uh, apps you should try out this week. So there's a new one that will um, read science for you called iris.ai. It's 2.0, so it will navigate topics, explore papers, and search with abstracts as well. Um, So if you don't have time or you may not understand it, this could be something for you. Uh, So I don't think it's a bad idea. I think, like I said, if you need a little help just researching something, this is a great idea. Uh, to explore uh, just finding scientific papers. I'm all for whatever helps people read more and learn more stuff and push themselves. It's awesome. So try it out. It's called iris.ai. put it in the show notes for you. Right, are you someone that uses Photoshop? Well, Shutterstock has made a plugin for Photoshop that allows you to use, well, um, allows you to use their, their pictures to help you with, with uh, you know, make more content to make more pictures to you know make yourself look good uh but yeah check it out install it it's free um hopefully you can get rid of (laughs) the watermarks because they will put those watermarks on there um just start editing and it should um if you have a licensed image it will take off the watermark automatically if you don't well you'll have the shutterstock watermark on there unfortunately but it's free download at least and that's a good thing it's good for cc 2014 and 2015 if you're wondering all right it wouldn't be digital copy without me finding 
every once in a while some type of tech for coffee, but Beanfill is an eco-friendly alternative for your home coffee brewer. That's right. It will allow you to do little pods that will allow you to, you know, help the environment a little bit, little bit with little capsules as well. Um, but it looks like it's great. It's cost-effective, eco-friendly, safe to use, and your choice. So compatible with all espresso machines manufactured post-2003. So if you have one of those machines, use it. I found this Nespresso coffee not that good, so you might want to find better coffee. But it'll help you uh, get rid of some stuff in the landfill, at least. Tell your friends. Yay. Yes, Beanfill looks like a really great alternative, especially if you're eco-friendly. It's a great alternative. All right, there's an app out there to help you, you know, take a break because we all need a break from our computers every once in a while. So Break allows you to take a break from your Windows or Mac OS, um, and the app is only a dollar in a share, basically. So yeah, it will tell you, hey, you should really take a break, and uh, it'll kind of say, well, it'll put a reminder saying, uh, focus on something in distance, or why don't you walk around, and give you different alternatives to allow yourself to take a break from the computer. Because you know what, to be honest with you, we all need a little bit of break every once in a while. We can't all pile drive through our work and be machines. We are humans, and we need breaks. We need our minds to wander, because that's when we have the best ideas. So check it out. It's called Break. Break. And are you looking for ways to do smarter quotes? That's right. Those are quotes. So Quotient allows you to do look uh, for great-looking quotes and proposals uh, in the easiest way. Allows you to present your business in the best possible light. Uh, customers can accept anytime and any device 100% secure. Organize and search all your quotes in one place and create slick looking quotes in one step and know when it's time to follow up and see how you're tracking, which is all good things for marketers that want to know everything that's going on. So if you're looking for a better alternative for quotes and you just really don't want to do it, this is the best way of doing it. You can try one month for free and it works with other different apps like MailChimp, uh, QuickBooks, Highrise, Insightly, Zero, and Capsule. So if you're using all those, it could be a really great one for you. But I like the tracking because for any marketer that knows, tracking is one of the things you really should be doing. And that is the end of Digital Coffee. Thank you guys for joining in. And be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also follow Digital Coffee on social media, on Twitter at DigitalCO77EE, at Facebook at Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram at Digital Coffee Podcast, Vine at Digital.Coffee, Player.me at Digital Coffee, and if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon at Digital Coffee. Alright guys, join me on Wednesday when I talk about marketing news and digital marketing, everything you need to know about that's going on, and sometimes it can change quite a bit. Uh, but anyways, I'm your host, Brett Dyster, and see you on Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday. Bye.